Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Welcome to Dr. Levine's Medical Hour on News Talk 560 KLVI. Dr. Levine is a doctor of internal medicine and is ready to take your calls at 896-KLVI or 800-330-KLVI. You can listen to Dr. Levine's Medical Hour on the air, online at klvi.com, or on your phone with the free iHeartRadio app. Now, here's Dr. Levine. Welcome, Internet Radio listeners, Southeast Texas. This is your weekly host, Dr. Levine, coming off uh, one weekend of uh, being out of town. Thank you for joining me on the show today. Uh, It's a glorious Saturday morning, uh, very cool and sunny, breezy. Um, Have a good show for you today. Our phone lines are open, 896-KLVI, 1-800-330-KLVI. If you have any uh, questions, give us a call. At the, let's try to not to wait to the end of the show so we can answer the question uh, completely and calmly. Um, remember that uh, we certainly like to hear from you and um, get some thoughts about what you'd like to hear about. Medicine is a big, broad um, area, and a lot of things can be of uh, interest. Um, remember that we still are in the midst of a uh, flu season, so we still recommend your flu vaccine. Um, and uh, there are a couple of different varieties out there, but uh, from what I've read uh, recently, it doesn't really matter which uh, one you get. We just uh, you know, want you to get one, obviously. And the more medical problems you have, then obviously the more the, the more that you need these uh, vaccines because they do offer you a level of protection because you know, your immunity does decline as we get older as well as your physical and physiological reserve to handle any sort of stress that occurs to your body. And that stress would be infection or, or anything along those lines. So protect. Um, you need as much as possible so the vaccines are, are there for you. Uh, you can either get it in your doctor's office or you can get it for most of the part in the um, the pharmacies do a pretty good job of administering uh, those vaccines. Um, so if you haven't gotten one today, go ahead and, and uh, get one. So um, otherwise, uh, in terms of what's going on in the medical uh, world, obviously this is cold and flu season. So we're 
know, obviously starting to see our spike of upper respiratory uh, infections, you know, cough and congestion. Again, uh, most of you who do smoke, and again, I really advise patients to uh, try to get off cigarettes as much as possible, just a terrible habit. Um, that uh, that sometimes causes a, what we call a chronic bronchitis or COPD. We throw that term around a lot, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. So most people will have kind of a chronic cough and congestion. And the winter typically will exacerbate or aggravate patients who have chronic lung disease such as COPD and will, would require some hospitalizations. And, and so... Getting off cigarettes, getting your flu vaccine is one way to avoid that. Uh, but certainly if you start to see that you have more cough and congestion, uh, shortness of breath, wheezing, you know, it's better to get in as soon as possible to your healthcare professional to get on some medications because uh, this condition is it's almost like a snowball. You know, if you can prevent it from growing and getting large, a lot of times you can decrease the length of the what we call exacerbation. You can typically stay out of the hospital, which is the primary goal. And most of you who have chronic lung disease is we're trying to prevent hospitalizations as much as possible by using certain maintenance medications uh, such as inhalers. And there's about three different classes of inhalers, and there's several name brand medicines in all of those three different classes. Most of them are not uh, generic, or I should say most of them are not inexpensive. They're expensive. And um, most of them come in a handheld device. They used to have what they call the metered dose, which is when you press the button, you would kind of get this uh, rush of uh, smoke that comes out of it, or mist, if you will. And, um, you know, because of what, as I say, environmental concerns and the, the medicines used to propel the medicine into your mouth, which are called propellant, they have substituted that for powders primarily. So you're, if you are someone with chronic lung disease or even with asthma, most of the what we call inhalers or handheld inhalers now will come in powder form um, or some other uh, form such that you don't it's not a pro, it's not propelled typically um, using the um, previous uh, chemicals that apparently were hazardous to the environment but depending on the severity of your chronic lung disease uh, you might only exist on no inhalers but as the disease progresses again typically because those habits are hard to break you have to add more and more inhalers. Uh, so it's very possible that one person with pretty severe disease would be on three different inhalers handheld as well as the using what they would call, I call it the mist machine, or it's called a nebulizer. Uh, it's one it's that uh, if you've ever been hospitalized or been to the ER and they put that mask on you and turn, turn on the, the air and it blows that mist uh, in your face, that's a nebulizer, and it's just—it's basically liquid medicine that is aerosolized, uh, so that you can breathe it, and that allows it to get inside the lungs and uh, do what it's supposed to do. So, different types of medications 
Sometimes you need one, sometimes you need all of those, but the main thing is prevention. So if you start to have an increase in your coughing, your wheezing, your chest congestion, um, certainly if you're coughing up sputum that has color in it, typically yellow or green, or if you're able to monitor your oxygen at home and the, the oxygen level starts to fall, and obviously you're having more problems breathing, you can't lay down flat. You know, if you lay down flat, it causes worsening of your shortness of breath. Then that typically indicates you have an acute infection or acute exacerbation. And, you know, a lot of people kind of get tired of going back and forth to the ER, to the uh, hospital, and they kind of wait to see if it's going to get better. And typically it doesn't, and they end up letting it get kind of severe. And, again, that requires hospitalization. So I always like to advise Patients with chronic lung disease, if you sense that something is starting to pick up, your symptoms are worsening, it's best you go in ASAP or call your healthcare professional, get some medicines, go to an emergency department, whatever the case may be. But you want to start actively and aggressively treating the exacerbation so that it doesn't get out of hand. Because that certainly can open up a Pandora's box of other issues or exacerbate other issues you know it starts out as maybe an exacerbation of your lungs but then again if you get admitted to the hospital that could lead to exacerbation of other chronic illnesses if you have heart disease if you have kidney problems obviously when you get an infection that then makes your lungs worse and then your lungs can't provide oxygen and carbon dioxide to your body that would then aggravate your other medical problems. So you could potentially exacerbate a heart attack or what we call, if you have a condition called heart failure, this lung condition, once it's exacerbated, could exacerbate the heart condition and uh, exacerbate the kidney problem if you have that or cause new kidney problems. And that's why sometimes when patients walk in with one problem, they walk in with walk out with five problems or they stay in the hospital for seven, ten days just because one thing kind of leads to another, which is why you have a lot of medical problems. You kind of have to stay on top of all of these issues and have frequent doctor visits and you know let somebody know if something is happening uh, just because things can unravel r- very rapidly, uh, especially if you're older um, and you're on a lot of medication. So don't sit around and let somebody know. Sometimes uh, we do incorporate uh, home health agencies to uh, help patients uh, manage their illnesses as well as their families uh, there at the house because a lot of times they're on very, very complicated medical regimens. And if things are not taken in a certain pace and it's on a certain regularity, which we call compliance, then, again, that's another reason why your your illness might decompensate. And again, we're trying very hard as a medical community to, uh, again, um, keep or, I should say, prevent progression and worsening of these chronic medical problems. We talk a lot about uh, CHF or what we call... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All congestive heart failure. We talk a lot about the chronic obstructive pulmonary disease as well as diabetics, we're finding out that, unfortunately, because of just um, miscommunication, some issues probably with noncompliance with your medications or just not hearing what your practitioner is recommending, uh, the disease, unfortunately, can progress when it potentially could have been prevented, or I should say slowed down to a significant degree by the just improvement in communication and compliance uh, with the regimen at hand as well as the medication. So some, a lot of times home health agencies will assist the healthcare professional in managing these uh, chronic uh, medical problems, uh, again, by basic communication with the doctor's office. Uh, they come by and check on you uh, periodically. It's another person you can call in case you can't get in touch with your healthcare professional you can call them. They can come out and evaluate you. The nurses can take your vital signs, check your medicines, and also do laboratory work there uh, at your home. Sometimes uh, that can be cumbersome for patients who have a lot of medical problems. It's difficult to get out of their home in the wheelchair to the doctor's office. And the convenience of having blood work done at home is obviously a lot uh, nicer and sometimes home health agencies can provide that. So if you uh, do have a lot of medical problems, that's one thing you can ask for from your healthcare professional is to get a home health agency to uh, help you. Medicare uh, to, does uh, reimburse uh, these agencies for that service. A lot of times we will address or assign a home health agency to you if you are hospitalized and we're discharging, we feel like maybe this person is going to need a lot more help uh, maybe if you're by yourself or you have limited uh, support at home, uh, again, they can provide that buffer of support, again, to try and keep you out of the hospital, keep you at home, keep things moving in the right direction. I'm going to take my first break. This is Dr. Levine, Dr. Levine Medical Hour. I'll be back in two minutes. Don't go anywhere. Make up your mind. Decide. You're listening to Dr. Levine's Medical Hour on News Talk 560 KLVI. To join the conversation, call 896-KLVI or 800-330-KLVI. All right, and welcome back to the Dr. Levine Medical Hour. This is your weekly host, Dr. Levine. It's my second uh, segment. Our phone lines are open, 896-KLVI or 1-800-330-KLVI. Please uh, give us a call if you have any questions or concerns about any uh, medical uh, topic at hand. Anyway, while we wait on uh, phone calls, just uh, going over some uh, topics of uh, interest since we are entering the holiday season uh, one thing that uh, typically we talk about, uh, especially if uh, you are a patient of mine, is just uh, what you're eating and drinking on a regular basis. And I know that the holidays, a lot of times, uh, 
there is a lot of indulgence in a lot of the foods that typically are not that good for us on a regular basis. And what I try to tell most of my patients based on what I know is, you know, obviously one or two days um, is really not going to make a big difference in your diet uh, as long as you can stick to those one or two days, uh, unfortunately, with uh, the, all the holiday eating and drinking, those one days turn into seven days. And that's kind of the problem. So, you know, even if you have a condition like diabetes, um, heart disease, kidney problems, uh, again, a one-day indulgence tick normally uh, is, is not going to create a lot of uh, issues with your health. And I know that uh, it's difficult to control that, you know, uh, just because of all the pastries, the cakes, the pies, the potatoes, smothered this, fried that. Um, it, it all sounds delicious, and I grew up eating that stuff. But, uh, again, you know, have a good time in the holidays. But, you know, don't forget your medical problems because you don't want to, again, end up uh, hospitalized for, um, for a decompensation, as we say. All right, Mary from Galveston, welcome to the show. Hi. Hey, I can win. Yeah, help I you. Bet, I, I'm seeing two different doctors for for blood pressure problem, and I've been on amlodipine and low start, and I had terrible effects on from the amlodipine, and now they have me on the beta law and some, uh, uh, but I'm dizzy all the time. What do you think about those two medications? Amlodipine? Oh, and also, I'm sorry, the, the heart doctor has, has prescribed clonidine when I spike over 170. Okay, so you said amlodipine, and what was the second one? Losartan. Okay. And then now and you're on labetalol? And the labetalol. Yeah, I quit the, the amlodipine, and I'm on the labetalol and the low certain with potassium. And one doctor says, don't don't take the clomidine. And the heart doctor says, take it if I spike over 170. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll be quiet now. <laughs> okay. Well, no, you don't have to necessarily be quiet. Uh, I mean, Mary, uh, these are common issues that come up with uh, high blood pressure. I, I deal with this problem in the office all the time. And what I try to tell patients is uh, doctors have a lot of blood pressure medicines to choose from and pick from, which is why depending on who you go to, you might get a different combination of medications. We, we just have a lot of choices uh, to choose from, and every doctor kind of gets comfortable using certain medicines because those medicines have been successful in treating his patients uh, high blood pressure. And there is overlap with primary care physicians as well as uh, cardiologists, even nephrologists, which are, which are kidney specialists, in terms of managing high blood pressure. All three of those uh, doctors have a lot of experience uh, managing uh, high blood pressure in terms of stopping, starting, adjusting uh, uh, blood pressure medication. So you will get some differences of opinion depending on who you talk to. Um, I would probably say, and I'm a little biased when I say this, probably healthcare professionals, I'm sorry, primary care physician doctors probably manage most patients' high blood pressure as compared to a cardiologist and nephrologist. They're busy doing other things, procedures, 
pacemakers, uh, dialysis, things of that nature. Not that they don't manage blood pressure, but I think that by and large, primary care doctors probably see patients initially and just kind of carry most of the brunt when it comes to blood pressure. So you, if you do have two or three doctors telling you different things, um, each patient kind of has to decide really who they want to listen to, and it's a personal decision. Some patients decide to go with their cardiologist. Some patients decide to go with their primary care physician, and you're not wrong either direction you go, but my opinion is you have to have only one person managing the blood pressure or whatever illness it is at hand just because we normally have a lot of options. Um, It would be ideal if uh, two doctors could uh, co-parent, so to speak, and manage one medical problem dually, but that's, I'm just telling you practically, that's very difficult, primarily because of the limited ability to communicate live or on the fly with another physician. Uh, Physicians are, obviously, their time is very short, very limited, and it's difficult to stop what you're doing, call another doctor so that he can stop what he's doing, and, you know, talk about this patient, about the blood pressure. Uh, Hopefully, over time, we can get to that so that it's easier to communicate very rapidly amongst practitioners, specialists, subspecialists, primary care physicians, so that medical problems can be managed uh, easier between two doctors. But as it stands now, because of that obstacle, which again is not necessarily the doctor's fault, it's just the system of healthcare delivery, as I've mentioned to you multiple times on the show, is very complex. It's a lot of moving parts. And again, doctors are not in control of the complete healthcare delivery system. There's a lot of hands that touch one single patient when it comes to delivering health care. And this is just one example of that. So you have to just kind of decide, okay, is it going to be him? Is it going to be her? And you kind of stick with them. Now, obviously, if you, let's say, you, you, you're primarily seeing your cardiologist about your blood pressure, but you see your primary care doctor, it's really, really high, um, you know, he might tweak it. Uh, you might be on some meds that your cardiologist puts you on. He might increase it, okay? That's not terrible. Or he might even stop one and, and give another just once or twice. And that, that sometimes happens. And, again, that's okay. I mean, we're all just being doctors. But if it starts to get confusing, just like our caller, uh, Mary, you know, well, this doctor says this and this doctor says another thing, then on that particular instance, you just have to say, okay, I'm just going to listen to this particular physician. No disrespect to my primary care doctor. No disrespect to my cardiologist, whoever you decide. But, sir, I'm, I think I'm going to listen to this person. Thank you. And if I need you in the future, then I'll come talk to you. And, again, most whoever you decided to go away from should be okay with that because they certainly understand that healthcare delivery is a team effort these days. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere 
even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Physicians, healthcare professionals are not by themselves. Again, multi-layered. You normally have to involve other people when taking care of one person. So we all have to learn how to get along, and it's it's called being a professional or professionalism where we don't get our feelings hurt, we don't get offended, because at the end of the day, it's just all about the patient trying to get better. And if another physician can do it better or if another physician has a better feel with the patient or better communication or vibe, whatever you want to call it, then you should – you know, back off and let that person receive the care they think they need to. Again, that happens to me. It happens to all healthcare professionals where a patient elects to uh, listen to another healthcare professional when it comes to blood pressure. But what do I think about those medicines after my little rant? Uh, those are good medicines. I use all those medicines. I uh, will say uh, clonidine is typically a medication that is reserved for uh, patients who have very highly resistant blood pressure. Uh, personally, I don't use clonidine that often. I would say less than 5% of my patients are on, on clonidine or what we call catapress. Again, because we have so many meds to choose from, and just, just so everyone knows who's listening, you know, how do doctors decide what to choose we have guidelines that tell us basically what the experts who study high blood pressure, they convene every year or two, and they basically come out with an official statement about these are the latest, greatest, hottest recommendations on how to manage a person with high blood pressure. These guidelines are accessible very rapidly on any, uh, I shouldn't say on any, but on certain medical websites that we go to, and we can just kind of follow down the recommendations, one, two, three, four, five, six, this is what they recommend, and we basically follow those guidelines. Now, they're guidelines, meaning we don't have to follow them, okay? It's just a strong recommendation by the experts in the field about what they would recommend to the healthcare professional uh, in terms of how to manage blood pressure. It's ultimately up to the practicing physician or healthcare professional what they want to do. Again, because they're in the community, they know their patients, they've been practicing for years, they kind of have a feel for what works, what doesn't work. And so the guidelines are there as a backup, uh, as a resource, very strong resource to help them make those decisions. Do I look at the guidelines every day? No, because I've been doing this so long. I know what they've said. I kind of know what to do. And I know what works for me. And I'm pretty much where I need to be when it comes to the guidelines. But uh, the, the medicines that are mentioned, Losartan, uh, which belongs to a class of medicines called ARBs, Norvasc, which belongs to a class of medicines called calcium channel blockers, and then Catapress or clonidines by itself, Labetalol belongs to a class of medicines called beta blockers, 
So those four classes right there, you might have five to ten medicines in each class, and every physician will kind of pick one out of those classes. So you can see how if you add it all up, the combinations are just almost endless, and that's why you kind of have to choose one doctor uh, to, to manage that. Now, anytime we add medicines, and this is a great topic that I'm glad Mary called for. I could talk about blood pressure all day long. Anytime you add medicines, there's always a risk of adverse reaction. Uh, Mary mentioned dizziness, which um, as unfortunately as you get older, as the number of medicines starts to go up on your medication list, you probably will start experiencing some dizziness because that it's a little slight adverse reaction from being on meds, especially diuretics. And especially what we call antihypertensives, which is what Mary has mentioned. Now, if the dizziness is very mild and it's very fleeting, it only lasts a few seconds, maybe it's when she stands up or makes quick movements with her head, that's kind of expected. And we probably would ask Mary to try and tolerate that because, again, our priority is to control the blood pressure because if it's not controlled, then your risk of things like heart failure, kidney failure, and stroke starts to climb. So our priority is to control that blood pressure at all costs. But if the dizziness is impacting a person's lifestyle, meaning that you know it's impacting how they function, they're getting their priority. You know they can't not think about this dizziness then obviously we need to adjust the medication, and we do this um, all the time. And just an example of what I was talking about, different doctors managing blood pressure. I had a patient the other day, has heart conditions, he's a cardiologist, came in complaining of dizziness, blood pressure was really low, and um, I started asking questions, and they said, well, we spoke to the heart doctor, the heart doctor knows the pressure is low. The heart doctor knows the patient's dizzy, but he told him to keep taking the medicine, which, again, there might be a good reason for that. So, uh, again, if the reason is strong enough, then sometimes we will say, well, you know, you might have to take it like that. You might need to be a little dizzy because we're trying to prevent other more catastrophic issues. But with this particular patient in my office, I felt like the reasons were not strong enough to warrant this patient having to be dizzy all the time, and I made a slight adjustment with the medication. I didn't call the cardiologist. didn't have time to call the cardiologist. I'm just a doctor just like he is. And the patient came back in a week or two, and they were better, 50%, 60% better. And that's all we're trying to do is make the patient feel better but tolerate these medicines. And there was no decompensation of any medical problem. Now, is the heart doctor going to get upset that I did that? I don't think so. He shouldn't. Um, just because the patient was not feeling well and they went to see their primary care physician, made a slight adjustment, everybody's happy. So, again, good medicines, Mary. You have a little dizziness. If it's not terrible, probably go ahead and tolerate that. But if not, get back with either your heart doctor or your primary care physician, whoever you choose. Let them know you're having some dizzy issues and they probably will adjust the medication, whichever one they choose. Again, clonidine is kind of a backup medicine for really resistant high blood pressure. I don't use it that much. Some doctors do. Again, if you go with your heart doctor who says use it, then obviously you're going to use it. Um, but nobody's wrong. Everybody's right. Just you have to decide who you want to go with. 
I'm going to take my second break. I'll be back in two minutes. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Dr. Levine's Medical Hour on News Talk 560 KLVI. To join the conversation, call 896-KLVI or 800-330-KLVI. This is Doc Levine, Doc Levine Medical Hour, back from our two-minute uh, break. If you have any, uh, again, phone calls, um, phone number is 896-KLVI, 1-800-330-KLVI. Um, again, we were talking about high blood pressure, which uh, is a huge topic in the uh, medical uh, community. I could uh, talk about that all day long. But... Uh, we were talking about uh, the differences in approaches that doctors uh, take, uh, um, you know, amongst uh, primary care physician, cardiologist, and nephrologist. Um, I would probably have to say, by and large, in terms of a high blood pressure specialist, uh, I would probably say nephrologists are probably uh, the doctor that tend to um, become, if you do become a, a hypertension specialist, they're the guys who typically assume that role, um, again, because most of the uh, chronic kidney disease patients, especially in southeast Texas, tend to have as the cause of their chronic kidney disease high blood pressure. So they kind of are in the driver's seat a lot of times with high blood pressure. They see it a lot as well. But, uh, again, there are nephrologists who study high blood pressure and kind of uh, specialize in that, uh, especially for patients who have res- what we call resistant hypertension. And um, resistant hypertension is uh, obviously a patient who has high blood pressure. And, again, uh, normal blood pressure is 120 over 80. And we, we normally start placing patients on tablets when it gets 140 to 90 and above consistently, that's when we start adding medication. And as you know, this recent uh, medical research paper came out indicating, as we've always known, that if your blood pressure is not tightly controlled, especially, I would say, 40s through 60s, that your chances of having an event related to the high blood pressure goes up exponentially. So the message is control blood pressure, and we rely heavily on blood pressure medications to help us uh, accomplish that. Because as your kidney function starts to decline, blood pressure becomes really, really hard to control. It becomes uh, very what we call labile, meaning it's up and it's down, but it's primarily up. And you normally have to be on four or five medications. So a resistant person would be, let's say, on three or four good medicines out of 
you know, four or five classes, you know, beta blocker, calcium channel blocker, ACE inhibitor, I'm sorry, yeah, ACE inhibitor, a diuretic, and their blood pressures are still maintaining 170, 180. There are diseases that can cause high blood pressure. And you're saying, well, well, high blood pressure isn't a disease in and of itself, and and you're right. Uh, Blood pressure is characterized as what we call primary hypertension, which means that there is no other identifiable disease that is causing it because we call that secondary hypertension where there is a disease that's causing the high blood pressure that we can treat and then in treating that disease, it then treats the high blood pressure. That percentage of secondary causes is typically 5% or less. I personally in my practice don't see those secondary causes that often, almost none. I've worked it up several times in the standard uh, evaluation and just do not find it. Uh, Some common uh, causes of secondary uh, cause of high blood pressure would be narrowing of the blood vessels that go to the kidneys, which can be easily diagnosed with uh, some x-rays and can be easily repaired, relatively speaking, uh, by a couple of different uh, subspecialists, either the cardiologist, the radiologist, the cardiothoracic surgeons can do that. Primarily, the cardiologists do that. There are some endocrine diseases that can cause that. One condition is called pheochromocytoma, uh, where there's abnormal release of stress hormones, what we call catecholamines. These are the hormones that get released when uh, you are frightened or you have to um, run very fast or someone's chasing you. Um, these are the catecholamines that get released in your body. Well, there's an organ there above the uh, kidney, the adrenal gland, which is where all that is made. And, any, and sometimes there is what we call autonomous release of the chemicals, meaning it's just spewing these chemicals out all the time and not in response to some sort of event that you need it released, but it's just spewing it out all the time. So it keeps your blood pressure sky high. And that's normally something that we would uh, think about if, again, your blood pressure is really, really high and you're on several medicines and you know nothing's budging. And then we would start to uh, think of that particular disease. Another disease is called Cushing's. Uh, disease, and again, this is mainly a person who looks like they're on steroids, so they're you know overweight. Uh, they have diabetes, uh, blood pressure is really high, and again, this is uh, something that a person has a certain look about them that most clinicians are familiar with, uh, but that can cause um, high blood pressure that's resistant uh, as well. So you know these are all these are less than five percent of the time these diseases occur, but again. As a primary care doc, I don't really see it that often. Now, someone, maybe a nephrologist, might see a little bit more frequently, but in a person's career, you may only see one or two of these patients your entire career. So most of the time with high blood pressure that seems to be resistant, it's going to be resistant because there's something in a person's lifestyle that's fueling the fire. And these somethings would be being very massively overweight, not eating the right foods, being sedentary. And if you are overweight, a condition called obstructive sleep apnea is untreated. So I see that a lot. Patients come to me, they're on several meds, 
their blood pressure is out of control, but they're not exercising, they're eating all the wrong foods, they're smoking, they're, they don't, uh, they have avenue, but it's never been diagnosed. So you have to do your job as well in order to help your blood pressure. I know, again, we're busy with our lifestyles and all of our other responsibilities, and we would just prefer to just kind of go to the doctor, get a prescription, get some meds in, and everything else takes care of itself. And I would say probably for the majority of patients with high blood pressure, they can kind of get away with that. But, again, there's a certain group of patients that can't get away with that. They really have to put the time in in terms of getting the weight down, exercising, got to get off the cigarettes and eat better food, and then that assists with the blood pressure uh, going down. Uh, So I try not to, again, reach for clonidine, which is also called catapress. It comes in a tablet form. It also comes in a patch form, which is what I'll do if I do go to clonidine or catapress. That's kind of like my last resort medicine. And, a, and I guess a person would say, well, why are you – I mean, if it works so well, which it does work. It's very strong medicine. If it works so well, why, why don't you just use that first off? And the bottom line is, is that because it's so strong, it typically causes a lot of side effects, and the patient just can't tolerate it. The big one that it causes is just it causes people to be sleepy. Uh, they go to sleep very rapidly. They just can't function at work. And obviously we can't use that. They're not going to be very compliant with the medication. And so we can't really heavily rely on clonidine or catapress uh, to help control the blood pressure. So we have to use these other classes which are better tolerated and better augment or better reverse or blunt the physiological changes that occur with primary hypertension. Catapress doesn't do that as well. These other classes are better at uh, working with the physiology of the body in terms of what's deranged and high blood pressure and trying to counteract that. Sort of like diabetes. Diabetes, we have several classes of medicines. They're all counteracting the abnormalities that produce diabetes. That's what diabetes doctors do, blood pressure doctors do, is study the A, B, C, and D nuts and bolts of the disease and try to figure out where along the pathways of abnormality, where can we insert a medicine that can then slow down or turn off this abnormal system, this physiology that has been created. And so catapress is just not one of those medicines that does a good job of uh, blunting the negative physiology occurring with high blood pressure. So we just don't use that much and the side effects. Wilma, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Oh, all right, oh, Dr. Levine, and also welcome back. Amen, we miss you. And, yes, uh, ma'am. Thanks for having me on tape. All right. And I heard last week, and I just want to say amen. I'm sorry to say this, Mr. Uh but what was it I'm supposed to call about about this old filter in me? Was that what I was supposed to call about? I don't have all armors. That's correct. Uh, that's what it was. All right, then. So what I'm supposed to do, ask for an uh, appointment to go and see about it or what? Uh, no, you can just call my staff and uh, let them know that you want to know if we can take your filter out. All right. That's what it is. All right. Well, I got you. Well, you have a good weekend and blessed day and God love. Yes. I don't do right top shoulder. Yes, ma'am. Bye bye. And we appreciate Wilma's phone call. And I'll take this opportunity to go on my last break of the show. We come to the end of the show. Um, be back in two minutes. 
You're listening to Dr. Levine's Medical Hour on News Talk 560 KLVI. To join the conversation, call 896-KLVI or 800-330-KLVI. I don't need your rocking chair, your Geritol or your Medicare. Well, I still got me on in my bank. All right. This is Dr. Levine, Dr. Levine Medical Hour. Taking your calls. Coming to the end of the show. We have about uh, two minutes. So if you have any phone calls, 896-KLVI or 1-800-330-KLVI. Uh, while we wait on <clears throat> the end of the show, again, just a follow-up of the previous caller about uh, blood pressure and uh, the different choices. And again, I'd like to reiterate or bring up side effects, which does occur. And you know, obviously, we would like you to be an advocate for your own health and let any prescribing healthcare professional know if you get any side effects. We, did, we don't want you to just tolerate these side effects Again, because we have so many choices, if something happens, then obviously uh, get back with your prescribing healthcare professional, let them know what's going on. Again, they might ask you to tolerate it, but most of the time we can stop it and try something different. And a lot of those side effects would be uh, rash, nausea, vomiting, constipation, uh, cramping, uh, dizziness is one of them, low blood pressure. Uh, the ACE inhibitors, which uh, if you've ever been on one, that's called lisinopril, fusinopril, uh, zestril. Uh, those medicines can have a nasty little side effect with coughing as well as swelling of the mouth and tongue, which I don't use that class of medicines at all. I try to get my patients off those medicines, again, because of that nasty little side effect. And we have so many choices. So I want to thank all of our callers uh, today. I want to uh, recommend to you get out and exercise and drink your water and have a safe and sound Saturday as well as Sunday. I'll be back next week. Thank you for listening. Take care. KLVI is available on our free iHeartRadio app. Download it now. You have been listening to Dr. Levine's Medical Hour on News Talk 560 KLVI. If you would like to contact Dr. Levine's office, call 347-3621. That's 347-3621. And thanks for listening to Dr. Levine's Medical Hour. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.